You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. And welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy in our Phoenix offices. And on the phone, I've got Coley Anderson, who is Industry and Government Relations Director at Registrar Corp. Hi, Coley. Hello. Hi, Sandy. How are you? Good to be here. Great. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about FISMA, the Food Safety Modernization Act, and a number of inspection observations that FDA has recorded during recent audits uh, for FISMA. Coley will be speaking on our Supply Side West workshop, FISMA and Import Requirements for Food and Supplement Brands. This is going to be on Wednesday, October 16th at 9 a.m. to noon. So Coley holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in communications from Hampton University in Virginia. She joined Registrar Corp in 2004, where she focuses on educating foreign governments, trade associations, and individual companies about FDA regulations. In addition to English, she speaks Spanish and has conducted seminars on FDA food regulations in numerous countries around the world, most recently Africa, as she was just letting us know. Registrar Corp provides compliance services for manufacturers, exporters and importers regulated by FDA, including food and beverage, drug, medical device, and cosmetic industries. And in this podcast, we are going to discuss, uh, as I noted, FISMA violations that FDA has recorded. So Registrar Corp has uh, obtained this information. So what is the scope of the information that Registrar Corp obtained on FISMA inspections, and where did it get this information? That is a great question, Sandy. Where did we get the information? Well, first of all, FDA publishes their inspectional observation data on their website every year. And the data is broken up by industry and citation type. So the numbers don't necessarily represent individual inspections because um, FDA inspectors often issue multiple citations during one inspection. Um, the published numbers also don't represent any inspection reports that were manually prepared as opposed to electronically. So each year we kind of download and sort and analyze the available data and come up with um, our analysis and final summary of what's going on in the industry. So what were the most common violations during FISMA inspections that you saw and how prevalent were they? Okay, so just to be clear, I personally don't do the inspections, but here at Registrar Corp, we do have a food safety team, um, and we kind of go out and help our clients upon their request, per their request to get them ready for inspections when FDA gives notice. And the most frequently cited inspections um, and violations in 2018 was failure to develop a foreign supplier verification program, which is amazing because it's so, you know, has been promoted so much by FDA. It was cited 278 times, which was more than double the amount of times it was cited in 2017. So things got worse in 2018. Um, that really showed us how much FDA was ramping up their enforcement. So really, um, you know, we tell people, have that foreign supplier verification program. Um, FDA also cited a lot of noncompliance with the preventive controls regulations. 
and one of the most common one was failure to identify hazards that need a control. Part of this could be that companies are accustomed to HACCP. I mean, that's the number one thing. And like you mentioned, I travel all over the world, and I do these seminars for um, manufacturers, exporters to the U.S., and they say, oh, we have HACCP. But the preventive controls rule requires what's called HARP-C, Hazard Analysis Risk-Based Preventive Controls, whereas HACCP is Hazard Analysis Critical Control Points. So it's, there is a difference. So when companies say to me, oh, I have HACCP, I say, okay, that's wonderful, and that's a great start, but you need HARP-C, and that's preventive controls versus critical control points, um, and it's a, the new food safety plan. A HARP-C plan has to identify some additional types of hazards outside of what HACCP has that aren't required under HACCP plan, like radiological and allergenic hazards. Um, they put heavy weights on that. So during my presentation at supply side, I'll go into detail um, on more of the top-sided preventive control-related violations in 2018 as we continue to pull them out of our data. So what steps should companies, food and supplement brands, take to ensure that they comply with these regulations, maybe to become HARP-C certified or compliant or to get foreign supplier verification? Another great question. And again, when I was in Africa, companies, you know, I was updating them on this new plan. And they're like, oh, my gosh, what do we need to do to comply? Well, first of all, I want to point out, you mentioned food and supplement brands. And this is very important to point out that dietary supplements are exempt from the foreign supplier, I'm sorry, from the HARP-C or the Preventive Controls Regulation. Um, dietary supplements are regulated under the current good manufacturing practices, so they are exempt. Okay, so I want to point that out. And then all your normal traditional food does, with a, with a few exceptions, does have to uh, follow the rules. So in that case, when I'm answering this question, I'm, I'm addressing it regarding traditional food, not dietary supplements. So what steps should food um, brands take to ensure that they comply with these regulations? First, they should appoint a preventive controls qualified individual, or what we call a PCQI. Um, FDA calls it that, the industry calls it that, so please, as a manufacturer, make sure FDA rings your doorbell that you have a PCQI, a designated preventive controls qualified individual. The food safety plans have to be written and overseen by a PCQI, which is a person who has either completed training in the development and the application of the risk-based preventive controls or is otherwise qualified through job experience. This is important to note because a lot of people say, oh, my gosh, do we have to have a certification? And people are running out and getting the PCQI certifi certified. Well, that's fine, and it's probably very smart to do. But at FDA level, they said you do not have to be certified. You just have to be knowledgeable. And when they sit down and ask the questions about the hazards and the critical control points and the preventive controls, if they can answer it based on experience, they're fine with that. So the designated PCQI should be familiar with all the components that make up a complete food safety plan and be thorough in its creation. And they need to consider all the hazards and the necessary controls since even having one missing component can lead to a citation. And we've heard this. We've seen this um, from our clients. We work with over 13,000 clients as a U.S. agent and over 20,000 clients around the world. So as our clients are now gradually getting inspected, we're getting great feedback on what FDA is saying. So not only just to have the food safety plan is important, um, but proper implementation is just as important as a complete plan. 
companies should incorporate their plan into their standard operating procedure to make sure that their staff is well informed on what their role and responsibility is in executing it. Um, we've seen FDA call out a company in a warning letter as recently as June for not implementing the controls identified in their plan. So it's not enough just to have the plan, but you have to implement it, designate all the people that will be participating in that implementation, then you will be greater um, in a position to be compliant. So let's go back to the data. What areas had the least violations? In other words, are there any areas where brands appear to be on target with FDA's FSMA requirements and expectations? You know, not surprisingly, FDA doesn't focus on what companies are doing well. They focus on the numerous violations, right? So thus, it's kind of difficult to make any real conclusions on the areas where the brands are on target with FDA's expectations of FSMA requirements, kind of all over. So it's not one particular area. All right, that makes sense. Um, so let's talk about what you would think, given your uh, industry experience here. Do you think that the industry is on target where you would expect them to be, given that FSMA is a relatively new law? You would think so. Sandy, you really would think so. Um, again, I was in Africa and five different countries, I'm so sorry, four different countries, five different cities, and I would hear from these exporters who are actually in conversations with some U.S. importers, and they would say, we've never heard of this before. Now, I would think the U.S. importer who's responsible with the Foreign Supplier Verification Program would be talking to his foreign exporter saying, hey, I need your preventive controls um, program, your HARP-C their new food safety plan, but they were not being informed. So I find that when I'm about in the world, I make sure that I educate the foreign exporter and I tell them, do not take it as a pass because your uh, U.S. importer is not asking you for things because you need to have them and both of you will be in violation. So if your U.S. importer is not asking you for your HARP-C plan, you deliver it, okay? Because that way you're covering yourself because now more than ever, FDA does not have to travel to Africa to inspect a facility. They just walk in the U.S. importer's office, collect the food safety plan, the preventive controls program, and the inspections being done remotely. And um, so we would expect by now, with so much media coverage of FSMA and years of having passed since the compliance deadline, that more facilities would be compliant. But however, we still ple um, find plenty of companies that aren't, and they don't even—they're not even aware it exists. So Registrar Corp as a company, you know, like you mentioned, we have we have two components. We you know, obviously have the for-profit side where we offer services to company and we charge for that. But the other side of us, my part, industry and government relations, we spend a lot of time in different countries and, and all over our country here in the United States trying to educate. But I think now that FDA's enforcement seems to be in full effect and citations are becoming more prevalent, companies will be more apt to develop their plans. Um, and they should be. Warning letters, inspection results, and other compliance results are public information. And if they're not compliant, it's going to be a public record, as well as it can affect, affect their PREDICT score. And the PREDICT score is the database that all the information goes into when a shipment comes to the United States. And FDA, if they see that the exporter has a warning letter or the U.S. importer has an import alert or a warning letter, then that PREDICT number, that PREDICT score, goes high up, and now you're a high risk, and they will detain the shipment. So I tell my foreign exporters, if your U.S. importer doesn't know about FSMA, you tell him, and you hand them your HARP-C plan. 
And I tell the U.S. importer, if your foreign supplier doesn't know about um, FSDP and, and he's supposed to have a harp C plan, you ask for it and you educate them because everybody can be affected in the export process if there is a warning letter or any type of violation on the record. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And of course, for those who are not in compliant or need to be more in compliant, um, please join us at Supply Side West in Las Vegas for the workshop, FISMA and Import Requirements for Food and Supplement Brands. Again, that's on Wednesday, October 16th at 9 a.m. And thanks again, Coley, for joining me for the podcast and for speaking on that session. Sandy, I'm super excited to get out there and talk more about this. I could eat, sleep, and drink this. I love um, FISMA, and I want to make sure everybody's educated and up-to-date so everybody is compliant. So I will see you out there in Las Vegas, and um, thank you for having me. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. 